forget 3D and experience a new dimension in screen terror. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on, and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise, and at the end of each week, along with our honorary Sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon, we decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout out in two bonus episodes every single month, which we've been doing for over a year. So if you haven't made the jump to Patreon, there are tons of bonus episodes waiting for you. We also did our first bonus transmission recently, where Jamie and I were talking about some new films. We talked about, what did we talk about? We talked about Alita. We talked about Serenity, Serenity, which is a golden film. Love it. So if you have any interest Uh, in any of those films, Jamie and I spent a couple minutes talking about those over on patreon.com slash thesoids podcast and we got more of those mm-hmm. coming down the hole we, we definitely want to do us and dragged across concrete there's a couple others we want to hit at yep. some point soon absolutely uh, but speaking of which since the last time we recorded we actually do have four new patrons uh, uh one uh, landon carter it's been a follower of mine for a long time. Nice to see oh, Landon cool. finally make the jump. Welcome, you, Landon. Landon. Uh, we also have Dan Flannery. Welcome, Dan. Uh, Brendan Carroll and Adam Fors. Uh, Thank you very thanks much, Thanks so much guys. for becoming patrons appreciate and you. getting all those bonus episodes. Hope you guys are enjoying that. Um, that's the one plug. Second plug, as always, whatever podcast listener of choice you're listening to us on, we're probably on it. If not, yell at us, but I think we're out there. So search for us before you yell at us, please. I haven't had anyone yell at me yet and I've been saying it for weeks. So So I think Um, we're there. I think we're there. Uh, And specifically, if you're listening on iTunes and you've been really digging the show, give us a good old rating and review over on iTunes. It helps us out a lot and helps us get new viewers. So if you haven't done that yet, please go over there and do that. We appreciate that uh, very much as well. Uh, Bam. Those are the plugs. Bonus round. Ripping through them fast this week. <laughs> Welcome, guys. I'm Josh. As always, with me is my co-host. Jamie. Welcome back. We are back talking movies as we always do. Uh, two weeks ago would have been the last time uh, free listeners would have heard from us, uh, you guys out there, and we would have been talking uh, <laughs> politically paranoid fighter jet cinema, a niche <laughs> genre we coined ourselves. Uh, 1982 Firefox, uh, directed and starring one Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, playing a uh, role that you wouldn't really think Eastwood would be playing. No, he's not in, the in stealthiest guy in the world. Yeah. He, 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 <laughs> he kind of stands out in a crowd. Absolutely. Uh, and every, every time he walked up to a Russian guy who was like, papers, please. Uh, he just went, he, started sweating. He just started sweating. <laughs> and, and immediately became extremely was, nervous. Yeah, immediately noticeable <laughs> as an American. Uh, sorry, our cat's yelling. Get over here, cat. <laughs> But one week ago would have been the last time patrons, you guys would have got your bonus episode exclusive to you 
And we would have been talking Larry Cohen, RIP yeah. to the exploitation legend. We realized that we hadn't talked about a Larry Cohen film on this show, uh, and we needed to bump that up and do that immediately. So we talked 1974, It's Alive, uh, demon killer baby movie with a great poster and uh, strangely emotional. Yeah, uh, it really for, gets deep. Uh, the premise, I did not anticipate that going in, but it was uh, a, a great a nice performance shock. by that lead actor. Yes. And also, uh, we talked about 1976, Larry Cohen's follow-up, God Told Me To. Which goes to a bunch of places. Yeah, which started out as its own kind of uh, bizarre, criminal, uh, procedural, which eventually makes its way into psychedelic (laughs) sci-fi horror shenanigans, uh, which we did not expect. No, not at all. So if you haven't heard that episode, again, that's patreon.com slash Lizoid's podcast. That was last week's episode. But this week we have a special guest, a guest we've been wanting to have on the show for a while, who's finally made his way over. Yes. Uh, trash fiend and friend of the show, <laughs> Steve Carlson. Steve, how are you doing? Hello. I'm not <laughs> Well, welcome, Steve. You know the way that this show goes. Steve's Steve's a regular listener. He gives us all kinds of recommendations. Uh, Steve, last time, was the one who picked The Curse of the Werewolf for us. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know what to do American Werewolf in London with, and I shot it out to Steve, and he was like, well, you got to do Oliver Reed, Curse of the Werewolf, and I was very glad to have seen that, because I had hardly anyone that I follow had even seen that movie before, so. (laughs) Yeah. I'll admit that, um, uh. I, I, that was another one I hadn't seen in a very, very long time. So I kind of forgot that Oliver Reed was barely in it. So (laughs) (laughs) awesome. All right, Steve, you know, the way that this show works, we ask you to bring two films with you and you've brought two films specifically that only you would have brought. So tell us what they are and why they pair together. Well, I have brought the 1982, I believe, um, uh, Slice of Madness, Boarding House, and 1993's uh, Red Spirit Lake, um, both of which are shot on video uh, horror films. Uh, And if you really want to get granular with it, they are shot on analog video films in which people are killed by paranormal forces, and behind the scenes, the director is dating the female lead. Oh, well, that I did not know. The, the that makes house, a lot of sense. The boarding though. house one definitely makes sense. <laughs> That's one hundred percent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that this already was, answers a few this questions. This was our first. <laughs> Jamie and I's both first experience with shot on video horror. I had uh, heard rumblings from trash circles about its existence, but I did not quite know what to expect. And it was an interesting journey. And maybe Steve can jump into a little bit of the the history of this, because from what I understand, it's generally uh, reported anyway that Boarding House may have been the first shot on video horror film. Is it's it's considered the first uh, shot on video horror film, and it is even if it's not in terms of tech, like technical specs, um, like I know um, uh, Bleeding Skull video, uh, who've done amazing work in this field. Uh, found a Turkish film that was shot on video called Bloody Mansion Death that was released, I think, in 81. That sounds and awesome. And I, yeah. I know um, uh, Larry Fessenden, mm-hmm. uh, his film Habit, uh, went through a couple different iterations before the, the version that uh, that most people are familiar with. And there is specifically a shot on video uh, full-length version that he made as a student back in, I want to say, 81 or 82 which I actually do own a copy of uh, a friend of mine was nice enough to buy it for me from him. Um, wow. That's yeah. awesome. 
for all intents and purposes, Boarding House is considered the first shot on video horror film. It is the only shot on video horror film as we think of them to ever play theaters. Oh my god. I don't mean wait boarding house played in a movie theater. Yeah, this this actually was transferred to 35 millimeter and got a legitimate theatrical release. Oh, my God. I would, I would kill to see it on 35 millimeter. I Me bet too. you I bet you would be a totally different experience. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, the print has played a couple of times at a couple of film festivals. I know uh, my friend Matt Perget has seen it at a film festival before. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it, and right. if you. Uh, if you if you look hard enough, I know one of the vi- one of the myriad of video copies that were released in the eighties of that. One of them was inadvertently pulled from a thirty five millimeter print. So wow, wow, blew my mind yeah. a little there. We haven't even started it yet. <laughs> All right, well that seems like as good of any introduction as any, and I think we're just going to jump right into uh, the first one here, the first shot on video horror film and only one released theatrically. Uh, <laughs> Boarding house. Let's do it. And unleashed its terror. And now, death stalks even in the dreams of all who enter the boarding house. The rent won't kill you, but something else will. Boarding House in Horror Vision. Rated R. All right, so we are talking Boarding House, uh, also known as Housegeist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a gr- uh, just a great title. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that is awesome. Uh, it is a 1982 American uh, supernatural horror film written and directed and starring John Wintergate. His, and it's his only, his only film, movie, right? His <laughs> only credit. Uh, I just I love the fact that his, his acting pseudonym uh, ab- absolutely fits the character, uh, but his acting pseudonym is the impossibly manly Hawk Adley. <laughs> oh my god that is amazing he, he yeah. th- that definitely sounds like a guy who wants to be shirtless all the time yeah not only shirtless but in a banana hammock <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that 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 leopard print speedo oh man oh it's so rocking good. it yep so th- so this was his first and last film as a director a writer and an actor <laughs> do you think it, my my theory and well i mean we'll get into the whole plot of what happens in this film but my theory was that <laughs> that he just basically wanted to hang out with Playboy bunnies for like a few weeks. So he made this script and he was like, all right, let's get this going. And, you know, I'll, I'll sprinkle in some horror here and there. Uh, am I totally off? Like, because uh, I'm just well, seeing this guy do one film and he's just the whole film is him surrounded by beautiful women <laughs> who all want to suntan him or or, or put suntan yeah. lotion on him and things like that. I'm just like, this guy's just living out a fantasy. <laughs> As I understand it, um, he had initially been interested in this. Uh, he, uh, he and his uh, his I don't know if they had, were married at that point, but mm. um, his uh, female companion, uh, Kalasu, who is the female star in this right. uh, in the house. Um, they had been involved in the LA music scene kind of on a, on, on a fringe basis for quite some time. And, uh, they noticed when, you know, horror films were you know, popular and what with the slasher cycle and all, and they figured they could, you know, maybe make a, make a couple quick bucks. Um, but 
you know, it's still expensive to shoot on film. And then they, uh, their producer mentions that video technology is, you know, coming up and maybe they could use that. And that's, that's kind of how that happened. Um, but to hear, uh, Wintergate, uh, tell it, he, he always intended to make a comedic, uh, (laughs) Horror film, like something that was a spoof on films, basically. And and the um, there's actually two DVD releases of this, uh, and the second one, which is still in print uh, by Slasher Video, has a director's cut of this. And and I've I've heard it's like, is it like over two and a half hours? Yes, I've never watched it because it is two hours and forty minutes long. Oh my god, I love (laughs) it. But Boarding House is a little long in its current form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So what, I mean, what, what is an additional hour of content on this? Even yeah. Do, do you know what's included in it? I uh, no. I've, I've, I've never, I've never, I haven't watched it yet. Um, oh, man. I know Based on what I read, it, it sounded like that. It, it sounded like what he's saying partially was true, that he did kind of intend it for a bit of a comedic slant. Okay. And that the more overt comedy scenes are put back in. Okay. And that yeah. for, for the shortened oh. version, he had to, that he was forced to remove the stuff that like, um, like they wanted to sell it as like a genuine horror film. And they were like, dog, like you put in all this, like just nonsense. Yeah. So they, they like made him, they, they made him remove it. And then what we're left with is kind of just like, all of these plot and horror scenes that are missing, like fundamental scenes. <laughs> Where uh, you assume there was probably like expository yeah, dialogue so, so, and things like that. So there's like that. just like a bizarre, incoherent like structure to this yeah. and like uh, a, a general segues that make no sense. Um <laughs> Where it, it sounds, it sounds like they might make more sense in his comedy, his more full blown comedy version yeah. of this. But that comedic tone still exists in the horror scenes. Right. It's it just it, it, there's just no context for it. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. I don't, I don't know, but I, I I feel like a more overt comedic version of this with all the plot bits put back in sounds worse. Would be fun. Yes. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. That sounds well. Because I mean, the parts where it was obvious that they were trying to be funny, like they were doing the whole comedy thing, yeah. like with the, the drunk guy that he talks to every once in a while, like y- the, you, you the, could the, tell the, that he was obviously the, the comedic the character. The vet. Yeah. Yeah. And he <laughs> was, was obviously also the, the pool comedic boy character. Or something. And if there was another hour of them doing jokes back and forth, fuck no. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll see it someday out of professional curiosity. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is one of those those uh, sort of like a five obstructions type thing where the restrictions that were placed on him actually made the film what it needed to be. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It no, seems I, like if he had his full creative vision, we would have got a a whole different film. That's well, yeah, and I, I imagine it's why he had to throw in those like exposition computer things where it was like case reopened yeah. on this day this house or what? he also has like an inner I monologue closed. going on and, yeah. it, and it seems like he's trying to come like it seems like he's trying to do this whole like uh, noir thing every once in a while where he's got this inner dialogue and all this it's so weird yeah i it's mean cool. like on a moment to moment basis this makes absolutely no sense and then you look at it overall and you're like what so <laughs> yeah. uh it's a really uh, bizarre I, experience I think- I know I, I rewatched it just in preparation for this. And I think it's got to be like my seventh time watching it. Oh my god! And I, ju- I only for the first time realized I don't know how many women live in that house. <laughs> yeah, for real. It seems like they just kind of 
like come and go. <laughs> like it's like sometimes there's five, sometimes there's seven. You know, we don't really know. He, this landlord isn't doing a very good job of keeping his, the his one tenants under control. There's the one scene where the private detective comes to the house to find the one woman who's run away from her abusive boyfriend. And uh, an Asian lady takes him upstairs and gives him a bath. Yeah. We don't see her in any other scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think she actually lives there. <laughs> I think maybe she just drifted in and was like, oh, this seems like a nice party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, honestly, I don't think the landlord Lord would have noticed. He'd be too busy, uh, you know, getting suntan lotion on him and, and bathing in a Speedo. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's honestly <laughs> like the majority of, of this film is just that this house, the premise anyway, is that this house has some sort of uh, uh, poltergeist figure in it that is uh, either seemingly possessing people or like willing them to die like uh, telekinetically through yeah. uh, like Final Destination shit or uh, and then it also transferred the powers to the main characters, like sort of like scanners style. Yeah. Like they have powers that they are learning to control because yeah, it, it's, it, it's kind of like the house has a history of people dying in it in this way. But also the guy is also the one with the ability. Right. And then it turns out one the of the girls guy. is eventually revealed to be like the, the sort of like soul that's been there the entire time trying to like murder people by having turning on the carburetor while their hand is in it, which is actually kind of horrifying when they actually show that and all the blood spurting. Yeah. Out of the some of the, yeah, like some of the, the gore and the violence in this was actually genuinely well done. There's a good shot with uh, I think it's a girl and sh- her eyeballs are like coming out of her, the sockets <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like it was, it was pretty good, honestly. I mean that you could, you can tell the, you can, you can see where the seams on that effect are where, cause she's obviously holding her, her hands over her eyes <laughs> yeah. so that she, hold the fake eyes up to her face but it's still a really effective image yeah yeah or the scene where uh the girl seems to be like sexually assaulted by a ghost and then when she comes out of the shower she has like a pig face and she's (laughs) eating a rat that genuinely got me i was like that's pretty fucked up wow (laughs) well done that's fucking weird yeah yeah you did it good job do pigs eat rats is that a thing (laughs) (laughs) all right Um, um, yeah, I, I, I gotta say when, when this is not being like a weird incoherent, like sex comedy, <laughs> uh, like it, it, it does get into like this weird kind of like hypnotic, uh, horror where even yeah. like there's kind of like this electronic static score to it. Uh, it sounded to me like it was almost goblin inspired a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I get, and, I can hear that. uh, and, and then, yeah, it gets into scenes where, like, there's there's a bit with, like, the ice pick in the shower, too. And, yeah, mm. I have the written down the old pig man face and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some really kind of, like, effective horror that I also think um, works because there was something kind of uniquely effective about seeing that stuff in video format, I actually felt like. Yeah, um, I agree. Because yeah. it was more unexpected, I think. Yeah. I think, I think because... Because I didn't expect, like, any makeup, really. I well, was, yeah. Or I think, at least, like, bare minimum, I think you that's know? it. Like, the, the no-budget... Uh, assumption that you have by watching something on video yeah. that it, it lends a sense of, I wouldn't say realism necessarily, but it, it lends an authenticity that so you wouldn't expect it when this film, and we'll talk about this especially when we get into Red Spirit Lake, yeah, yeah. for them to get 
you know, when they eventually do get a little bit more stylized, it's it's kind of freakier and weirder and more unexpected yeah, yeah, more uh, in, in ways that was genuinely effective and shocking when it eventually did hit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were there were a few films of this genre that that really pulled this off. I, I, Olaf Inbox, uh, the Burning Moon in particular, is just like, holy crap! How did you do all this? But yeah, I mean, there's there, there's a there's a certain I, I, I guess intimacy uh, with uh, with video uh, right. of, with an image that you don't expect out of 35 millimeter or 16 millimeter or like anything like that. Yeah, uh, it's just a certain sort of um, it you know it's because you can relate it to like a soap opera or, you know, your home, your home camcorder footage or something like that. And here's someone, you know, making a movie with it and using, you know, at times genuinely effective effects. And it's like, no, this, you know, there's a, there's, there's something there where your brain's just going, no, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah. And paradoxically that that kind of makes it more effective. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely felt that. Um, and then, so then when we transitioned into scenes where like people were just saying completely incoherent things at each other, uh, <laughs> I, like I genuinely felt like my brain was like melting. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. Like yeah. on, on every single level, I was being confused by the form and then also being confused <laughs> by the general incoherency of the actual, uh, you know, I, I guess script. If you just <laughs> can't understand Wintergate's <laughs> master image man his his vision yeah. well i, I, I <laughs> well, that kind of charming because it's you know it's it's a, it's a very diy sort of thing where it's just oh, like yeah. okay, just film whatever whatever we can get today that that's what that's what we're filming so it's and you know do, do we have this actor here do we have this actor here we don't uh, crap i'll shoot around him uh, yeah. like i or you know like if if there's a certain effect they're going for and they can't pull it off we'll, we'll make it work anyway like my favorite shot in this film, and one of my favorite shots in all of shot on video cinema, uh, it's kind of kind of indicative how I how I why I fell in love with this stuff is um, with with the private detective um, when the when he reaches into the butt the, the the bath for his watch which has fallen in and the hairdryer falls in and electrocutes him. The <laughs> oh, electric- yeah, is depicted by a cl- an extreme close up of his open mouth in which someone is shining like a keychain flashlight. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the only way they could depict an electrocution. Yeah. And for it anyway. And I love it. Yeah. You just gotta, you kind of just appreciate that, uh, that, that passion for filmmaking where they're like, we, we have this, 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 this gives off an effect. Well, let's go, let's go with it. You know, you, this film, as much as it confuses the hell out of me, I definitely feel like, uh, the guy, you know, was passionate about what he was creating, whether or not, you know, it's coherent. <laughs> I don't know, but, but, uh, you, you do get the sense that, that he really was passionate about the, the story he wanted to tell. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and the story seemingly is just that this house wants to kill people yeah. and that these people inherit the power that the house has or that the spirit has and they start learning to use it and they start using the telekinesis the main guy and and the woman but all the women just want to sleep with the guy yeah and there's there's a great uh, one of my absolute favorite scenes in this movie and apparently that, that's it's not, fine they're that's that's totally not, fine not with the, the horror polyamorous. stuff is the scene where he's in the tub oh he's yeah. taking like a bubble bath <laughs> and one of the the women are like like why don't you go like up there and try to like seduce him or whatever and she goes up there and she's in the bath and she's in lingerie and everything yeah she's like trying to like get his attention and all of that uh and, he, a, and, and he has this line what's that the, um 
it's because they want to get the tape, the weird tapes that he's always listening to, which are right. about you know, telekinesis and mind power and things like that. Right. Because he's actually honing his power. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's just like in the tub being like, I want to harness the cosmic energy. I want to know <laughs> the secrets of the universe, like totally blowing off her uh, lingerie and her, come her, on her, her and, passes at him. Yeah. And she just goes, what do you want to know that for? Uh, it was basically like her, her answer. And he's just, and then what does he pick up? That's in the tub. He like shows her his power. He like a, a piece of soap, the soap yeah. in the tub. Yeah. yeah and it just the, rises out of the water. Yeah. And, and she's genuinely like kind of a little heartbroken that, you know, she couldn't woo him. Yeah. Uh, and she goes downstairs and, and, and talks to them and she talks to all the other women and she's just like, he just, he just pushed me out of the tub. He's <laughs> too into metaphysics. <laughs> But she did. But she did get the tape. She did get the tape, though. That's true. What I also yeah. love about that scene is that it takes at the very end before it cuts and she goes back downstairs or upstairs to the girls. He it reveals that he's been like butt naked actually this whole time. <laughs> like he just gets up and then tosses her into the bathtub <laughs> as like some flirtatious thing, and then it cuts. And I just thought that that was hilarious, and I had to mention it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the cutting is wild in this. He gets out of the tub, and you know his his. Yeah, he's we we see it from the rear, but clearly his meat is dangling right in front of his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like okay, there's there's a sex scene coming, and then nope, no, there isn't. Yeah, just cut, and no, he didn't want to have sex. I'm like, well, it seemed like something was about to go down, <laughs> but all right, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and I the- put in my notes. I was like, this film sometimes and often feels like a porno that never leads to the penetration. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, and that's another uh, that's another aspect of the uh, of the video aesthetic because I mean porno was rolling into video at this point too. So. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> that's so funny. And this played in theaters. And it, yeah, I, <laughs> let's remember that, folks. This played in theaters. I'm on, I honestly forgot. Like that's oh my god, that's an incredible fact. In inter- in interviews, Wintergate brags about the fact that this opened opposite Jaws three. Oh well, yes. <laughs> This just gets better and better. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that's incredible. That's yep, so funny. Yep. Did it make any money? That's the question. Yeah, nothing that Wintergate ever saw. He he uh, he is a lot like a lot of uh, independent artists got screwed by his distributor. So, oh okay. It, you know, like a lot of guys on the uh, on the grindhouse circuit, nobody knows if this actually made any money because <laughs> the books were always super cooked. So. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. The, the only re- box office report I can see is that it made about 390 grand as of 1983, apparently. Okay. That's pretty good for something that probably costs like 10,000. <laughs> That's yeah. that, that, that is literally what it says it costs. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> good guess. Nailed it. Amazing. No, it, 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 it feels like a 10 grand movie through and through. Oh, absolutely. Um, which, which in part leads to its own bizarre kind of, kind of kind of fun because while it's completely uh incoherent on like a beat to beat moment to moment uh like what's happening character level a lot of the time yeah. um it leads to some great moments where people are just constantly having bizarre nightmare sequences and then they wake up and people like storm in and are like what's wrong are you having a nightmare and but like at one at one point after the pig face one in the bathroom they come in and the one girl's like she comes in trying to help holding an entire box of pizza and then she's like i have pizza like do you want 
pizza? Like, come eat the pizza. Or what? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, what? what? Like, you just heard a blood-curdling scream. scream. Like, someone's being murdered, and you didn't drop the pizza box? Yeah. That's, um, that's, not the pig, that's not the pig face sequence. That's the sequence where uh, they do all go after pizza, and um, uh, Kalasu's character stays behind to clean the apartment. Oh, oh right. right. So she, right. She, she's coming home with the pizza. Right. Yeah, they're coming home with the pizza. Well, but the irony of that scene is uh, the person holding the pizza is the woman who is the evil telekinetic person. Right. Yeah, I think her name's Debbie. I'm, yeah, Debbie. That's yeah. Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually <laughs> remembered a character name. Been, you know, been having a freak out right now. So she's just, it, it, it's just kind of like she's rubbing it in. Like, oh yeah, I know you just had a psych- psychedelic freak out, but here, have some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it caused by me. <laughs> Well, and, and another one where that happens, where she has, has a freak out and then I think she, she, she sets, she accidentally fires the gun yeah, and, yes. and, and, and everyone runs downstairs and they were like, it sounded like a gunshot. What's going on? Are you playing with your gun? Yeah. And I was like, did she even have a gun? Did we know that she had a gun yeah. before, yeah. <laughs> before that sequence happened? We found that out in the previous scene when she was talking to the abusive boyfriend that she had bought a gun. Man, maybe this is more coherent than I thought, but I, yeah, I could not the, track half this stuff. But I'm with you, man, because like the film just leads itself to, to make you feel disoriented. <laughs> I mean, I, I am 100% with you on that. Right, on that and, and, and well, now I'm thinking that that stuff actually makes more sense because her bizarre reactions are the girl who is like doing it. Yeah. So, like, it's very possible that, like, she used her telekinetic powers to, like, fire the gun off and try and yeah, kill her. Yeah, I think that's what it, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it implies. And then, and then she goes, she tries to blow it off as, like, don't play with your gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, well, the the thing is, uh, Wintergate's not even being subtle about who the villain is. Because if, yeah. if you watch when, when Debbie comes in the first time with her bizarro accent, which I think is supposed to be Australian or something, I'm not sure. Um <laughs> But the news report is on about the escapee from the mental institution. And oh my god, I didn't even see that part. But really, they fit one of those in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and uh, uh, Wintergate as the as the lead is like, oh, I, I know, I'm sorry, all my rooms are rented out, and it literally cuts to a scene of Debbie doing the hand flex. <laughs> like, oh her hand. yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I think we might have an open room, and we can put her in the storage room. Yeah, yeah. It it did. I now that you say that, I did make a note of that because it felt as if Wintergate thought that that was subtle enough that it was just a clue. You know, like it wasn't a, a direct answer to things that we probably shouldn't know yet. It seemed <laughs> it seemed like he was like, if I just put a second of her waving the hand, they might not see it as clearly, and therefore the mystery is still there. You know. That's that's what I got. It definitely from it. was for me. I'll say that much. But that was because the general mystery of the entire thing <laughs> the was there for me. The whole fucking film, yeah. Uh, mostly, well, it's, a lot of these things are definitely easy to miss, and the fact that none of this actually makes any damn sense. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, wh- why does he have so many women? Well, that was what I was wondering. I'm like, this guy's a landlord, right? The landlord doesn't just live with his tenants. <laughs> it's like, what a this is. There's got to be some type of like. <laughs> Illegal shit going on here. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Best, best defense I can offer is it's California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> God. More free spirits over there, yeah. <laughs> very, very California in its way. 
Well, yeah. As soon as when they're when they're lying when they're lying by the pool and stuff, and he's got his he's got his speedo on, and everyone's just like fawning over him. Yeah, and 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 this is I made it he, in my notes. He wrote like, this. Make note that this guy wrote this. Yeah. So he wrote it this way, which makes yeah. every scene like that so funny to me that he's like. But and then also he plays his character that he's like this super nice guy that everybody loves, yet he's having sex with like every single one of them, and uh, I think at one point. There's even a scene where he hypnotizes a girl and then has sex with her, which <laughs> is bad, <laughs> I would think. I, maybe I got that wrong. Maybe I read that wrong. But I, it, it was the scene on the beach, and I thought yeah, he no, hypnotized her. I, I think I, I, you could certainly read that scene that way, and I, it very well may be that. I mean, maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't say for certain. We can't say for certain. I, I kind of I took it as him just trying to calm her down. Yeah, because you know, having just abuse a boyfriend. But. Yeah, what made me feel bad about it was when they had sex directly after, and I was like, like if if, if she if if he calmed her down and then they had a talk and then they had sex, I'd be like, okay. But it seems like he hypnotized her <laughs> and then had sex with her, <laughs> and I was like, you're the good guy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. When your director's cut runs two and a half hours, you don't have time for things like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, but they do have time man for the, the, the pool garden guy nom vet in the leather jacket and the bandana and the chain and the raspy voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just one of those things. And, and Wintergate's playing that guy, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. But that, that's just one of those things where... A true ochoa. Somebody thought it was a funny <laughs> idea and they never wrote it out. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, this is just a a, a very bizarre uh, art artifact of like a because this would have came out when like I, I mean I, I guess the horror scene would have been like really getting getting up in the early eighties there, but like yeah. I, I still feel like the slasher thing wasn't like that huge yet, was it? It was it was pretty significant. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth is nineteen eighty, and then it's all oh, right. Oh. Yeah, so I guess that would have been like the launch. So he yeah. was really bank bankrolling off of. The popularity of I like a, Friday the Thirteenth started of like so a, a spirit slasher house type thing that they could they could <laughs> yeah they could work off of. But the the bizarre part to me is the inclusion of the telekinesis aspect. Yeah, a lot of the things he does, as as fun as they are, feel very disconnected. <laughs> well, because w w what would have been like the first? Because I mean, this would have came out, I guess, just one year after Scanners, right? Yeah, mm, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so you know, I guess what I, I don't I didn't think you think Scanner, that's where it probably came like from. Like maybe I guess yeah. that, that, that's what it directly reminded me of because like the the, the way that it's used in like the especially the, the end when they start like breathing and they're like trying to have a power battle or whatever a telekinetic off or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and 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 she magically grows Lita Ford hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that that seems so amazing! Oh my god, it is. But, and there, you know, there's all sorts of colored filters all of a sudden, and there's a fog machine, and get he's and Wintergate's messing with the sound, all to hide the fact that his finale is three people staring at each other. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, one or two of which are Playboy playmates, probably. Yeah, I looked it up. Well, they are a couple of them are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe 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 not his girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Debbie actually was a nude model. Okay. Um, well, there you go. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to just just for the to 
speak on the comedy, there was one joke that I legitimately thought was hilarious, which okay. was when the guy was holding the mannequin head and had a can of Coke on the table, and he's like, I love head and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. That's golden shit. That's, that is that's, so funny. Like the I, don't even, I don't even remember the context of it, but I know it's hilarious. That's all I need to know. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, this... Uh, this movie, it's something. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we might pivot towards the reductive rating round and final statements here. Let's do it. Uh, for me, honestly, I I I got enough out of this that I could go with the low three on it. Nice. I had a I had a good I had a I mean it was a little long. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, at at an hour forty, I don't know that the it, it stood up to uh, the material really. <laughs> I don't know that there was enough there, but maybe I also need to rewatch because there was some things I clearly missed there and I wasn't sure if I was just zoning out because my brain was melting or <laughs> what was going on there, but there are small details in there that make it sound a little bit more coherent than the version that I watched. Yeah, I felt like I was too. having like a, like a fever dream like actually <laughs> watching the movie. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like they may have put a little bit more effort to it than even I got out of it watching it. Um, <laughs> But uh, the, the weird combination of like a uh, shot on video, like Playboy Bunny video and like strange scanners slash poltergeist uh, horror movie with moments of, uh, uh, you know, shocking idiosyncratic uh, violence that kind of comes out of nowhere uh, was decently effective enough to get me through most of the the movie and have a good time with it. And even the own bizarro incoherency ended up getting its own pleasure out of it too yeah. and making those scenes even more out of nowhere. Uh, I, I especially liked because we don't know that it's telekinesis very early on. So I especially liked when I just thought it was like the house killing people. Yeah. Uh, so like, it, like I, it was I, just I, telling them what to do. And they, well, do I, I really got like a final destination vibe out of it where like, there's this like this preconceived death is just already there for them. And right. they just have to kind of step into it. And that's very literalized when like the ice pick is like on the counter and it just like faces upwards when the girl's coming back down and her hand just goes right through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I find stuff like that just particularly effective because I, I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of think about lack of control. I I pre envision it basically. So it's almost Mm. like self-actualization when it actually happens. And then (laughs) to see it in again, this kind of like uh, this video format that I had never seen this stuff done in, uh, you know, lended it a a unique feeling that I hadn't uh, experienced before and uh, was extended and compounded on in uh, red spirit Lake, which will, Oh yeah. Be getting to next year. So yeah, this gets a, gets a three for me. Sweet. Uh, yeah, it's a three for me as well. Um, I still think that this guy was playing out a bit of a fantasy that he had in his head for, for a few weeks. Uh, that being said, now that you you don't write yourself as the, the shirtless speedo dude that all of the playboy bunnies love. Yeah. Uh, and, not, and are totally fine with you having sex with everyone in the house. No, no you know, no strings time. attached. Yeah. Everyone's just a big happy fact, family fighting that's over having you sex with bit. each other. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but some of th- that being said, some of the effects were effective. Uh, the, the pig thing I thought was effective actually genuinely effects. nice. Yeah, <laughs> effective effects, um, <laughs> was genuinely frightening, uh, and just really out there. And then, uh, from the, and then there was the other one, like that eyeball sequence I thought was funny. And, and yes, you can see her kind of like holding the eyeballs, but there's enough blood going around and everything. And once again, having that, uh, 
that straight the what, what, what's the reference again straight to video or yeah shot, film, shot, on, shot video. on video uh it's it does add that kind of layer of i don't you explained it earlier a little bit better i, I wanted to say realism again but that wasn't quite the word it's just it feels more uh i don't know just gritty in your face i don't i don't really no, know I how was, to... it, it, it it feels like i don't know if, you, if, if I, I think steve mentioned that it kind of it feels like home video it feels yeah, like you're watching yeah. home videos or it feels like something but then all more... of a sudden something bizarre that you would have never seen on a home video right happening. like like the, like the no budget right. aspect kind of tricks you into thinking that they couldn't do something like that and then they and do then it, it does yeah. and your brain just yeah freaks out so yeah i thought it was it's entertaining that's the thing i i don't know how much i get out of it from you know like a filmmaking point of view obviously but just the fact that this exists and that it played in theaters i think and that is there's incredible a two hour and 40 minute director's cut yeah i can't believe that's a thing it, can you get it like you so you can go out and get the director's there's cut a DVD if you wanted to yeah uh yeah the slasher video dvd is still readily available Damn. and it has both the, regu- the regular cut and the uh, director's cut Wow, that's uh, that's All unreal. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like my thoughts on this movie are kind of everywhere, uh, <laughs> as is the movie. So I'm, I'm going to give it a three, and maybe I'll rewatch it. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm definitely we'll rewatching the next movie we're, yeah. we're <laughs> talking about. All right, for you, Steve. Well, um, it's um, a boarding house I have seen more than probably any other film in the last six or seven years, I would say. That's um, crazy. I consider it one of the most important genre films uh, that I know. Um, I, I, I've recommended it to a number of people. I, I, it is a little too long, and there's not a frame of it I would cut. I treasure every <laughs> minute of it. And I would give it a four. Nice. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> because, That's- I mean, there, 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 there are just some things in it that are just like, I, I wouldn't want to lose this because of how absolutely inscrutable and weird it is, but it it doesn't really work. Like a lot, you're right. A lot of the comedy doesn't work. Um, uh, like the, 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 the yogurt facial is dumb and it's, (laughs) I do like the chicken chow main scene, but it's only because it's how, how loosely the girls actually do the group chant. Like it, it's something like they all individually came up with at the same time but didn't time right. <laughs> yeah. like, right. Or people all trying to say the same thing at four different intervals. Like they're like, like a really bad sing along of row, row, row your boat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I can explain to you what happens in the film. It doesn't make it make any more sense. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way of describing it. Definitely. Cause I, I feel like it made more sense when we were talking about things in it that happened than when I was actually watching, watching it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At, at bottom, there is there is an elusive logic that only makes sense if you are John Wintergate. <laughs> Absolutely, the visionary. And, and I I love that, but it does get a little tedious at times. So that's why I'm at the four on that. All right. Well, that will be all for Boarding House 1982. We're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking Red Spirit Lake 1983. All right, we are back and we are talking Red Spirit 
Lake, 1993, uh, directed by one Charles Pinion, also co-written by Charles Pinion and co-starring Charles Pinion. Absolutely. It is a shot on video horror film, uh, which uh, Pinion himself describes as Marilyn, played by Annabelle Davis, uh, who uh, Steve has informed us was uh, an item with Pinion at the time, which makes some of the scenes with her a little bit more understandable. Uh, (laughs) But Marilyn returns to the haunted lake of her childhood, uh, the titular Red Spirit Lake, uh, where violent forces, alive and dead, struggle for her control. That is his... his, Which is such a... Describe that plot. Yes, I mean, like, technically, I think that's what happens in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. There's also a a lot of things that they did not mention in that synopsis. No, like the weird, like, gangster conspiracy to... uh, uh, I think that they are looking to harness control of the power of Red Spirit Lake. So they are torturing and assaulting and tit-grabbing the ant and current owner of the uh, property to access its power, but what they don't realize is that its power is run by a coven of uh, sexually abused and tortured uh, spirits. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, who have so the power of the place is fueled by sexual violence, and they create more spirits by committing it there. And that's what they're trying to harness, and they are also creating more of it by doing so. I think that's the general gist of what, on a plot level, is happening, (laughs) is that these gangsters really want control of uh, the the power and seemingly immortality of these spirits, but don't realize that they can't harness it because uh, it's coming from a place of uh, sexually abused women. So, yeah. Uh, in fact, they can that, only that be sounds, the perpetrator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's a general plot. Sure. But yeah, we figured it out. And, 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 and we'll say that that general plot unfolds over, uh, 69 minutes, which uh, nice. Yeah. I had okay, to get it in totally on purpose. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, dude. Uh, Kenyon has a vision guys. Yeah. Uh, And the style here, which uh, I will confess, I watched this uh, film first, so it was my first shot on video horror experience, and I wasn't really sure what to make of it. And then I watched Boarding House, and I was like, oh, I can see what he's doing different, because this is so much more controlled and stylized, a a use of the format. It seems like Charles has an actual full vision, whereas Wintergate had little ideas that he wanted to incorporate in a story. Yeah, Whereas, like, a- Charles, it seems like he had something he wanted to say from start to finish, whether that is batshit insane, weird, or gross, whatever. Or full-blown psychotic and yeah. surreal. And, <laughs> it it and, is what it is, and, and, and it's and, a vision. And, and more intentionally bizarre and, and dreamy, and it's yeah. kind of like no-budget lo-fi stylization, yeah. but then it, it also is very intentionally transgressive and shocking, and it's yeah. its own, yes. it, it, its sense of, of rhythm and cutting is very schizophrenic, and it <laughs> almost gets into, like, borderline, like, snuff film territory, and it has a real sense of, like, lighting and atmosphere, and 
you really I really didn't realize what Pinion was doing different until I saw Boarding House and I was like, holy yeah. shit, you can really see the effort in here to create something um, unique. People have compared his use of lighting here to Bava, which I am I, I, I won't say is completely off base. I, so yeah, I see it. I mean, obviously he's no yeah. Bavo, but I mean like <laughs> I, I do see that. He doesn't I definitely have see the resources influences. that Bava ever got. So it's, but it's a, it's a case of like, imagine if Pinion actually were to get that. I feel yeah, like he like, might actually have a one particular vision. scene. It's uh, when they're, they're, they're looking at like those, those aliens or whatever. And there's, yeah, a, this features an alien abduction, just like yeah, at, on the peripheries. Supernatural things happen <laughs> in this movie. Uh, and he's got like this green and purple lighting going on. It reminded me of kind of those like reds that we'd see in Suspiria and things well, like this that. Well, this is this is when Pinion and his, because uh, he, he plays the caretaker who, I guess, managed yes. the property for the ant along. Yeah. And, and is it his brother who has the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thomas, him? I think is yes, his I, name. Yeah. Thomas has the mark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and they tell a story about that they were possibly like abducted by spirits, but they don't think that there's like they they think that it was like an, an alien abduction, so they describe it as that. Yeah, and, and then he calls that, them angels, I think. Yeah, he calls them angels, and Angel. then there, and there's also like a lot of like it seems like they're in like a like a tinfoil space, and it's being yeah. lit with like harsh greens and reds and blues, and they're just screaming at the top of their lungs. And then it's like smash cut to a close up of like Pinion's gothed out face and like wide eyes talking about them angels. Yeah, <laughs> them demons are coming. <laughs> is insane. What was the, that? Just the, especially the sound work in that scene and the oh, abduction yeah. scene is insane especially yes. at the end when Papa starts screaming and and pinion just cranks the levels up to the point where it just starts fuzzing out yes and then hard cut oh yeah it's like, ah! and i love he also adds like when he's looking at the aliens or the angels or whatever uh he adds like almost it's like a fisheye lens or something so it, f- it seems really yeah. distorted when you're looking at the aliens which i thought was just a nice little effect in a in a you know video shot film <laughs> so that was pretty cool also uh the score in this movie genuinely incredible i, I thought I, I actually couldn't believe how good the score was there, there's so many unique little things in this score and yeah. uh it goes so many weird places especially the credit sequence uh the the ending credit sequence score mm-hmm. uh, the, whatever oh. song they chose it's like an industrial orchestral thing oh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that's a uh, it's a that's a Empire's Collapse by Cop Shoot Cop. Mm, okay, uh, I'll have to look that up. A, a New York no wave band, they're amazing. That's off their album White Noise, uh, which I'll, I think is I'll love them. Because <laughs> I was like, uh, I couldn't I even ha- believe it. Yeah, it's a I the I had one of their songs off that album as my ringtone for a long time. Um, so nice. I uh, to to have a movie like that that's so like this that's so artistically in my wheelhouse and have it end with a cop shoot cop song it's just like <laughs> oh this was made just for me yeah yeah that's awesome man no yeah ab- but, ab- uh, absolutely but i mean you can you can, t- you can tell just just in comparison that pinion has more inherent artistry than a lot of other uh, people working in this field yeah uh, and the mu- music comes from the fact that uh, he he was also a musician uh, he was okay. in the punk rock scene in Florida uh, for a long time. And that's where actually where his first film was made uh, down in Florida, a film called Twisted Issues that mm. started as a documentary of the punk scene down there. 
and just kind of mutated into a horror film. Is this the um, one that's about the skateboarder? Yes. Okay, yes. I haven't seen We're, it, but I added it to my list because as soon as I watched this movie, I'm like, I need to see what this other guy's popular film is because, yeah. good lord. It's it's amazing. It's it's nice. it's the punkest film ever made. It's so great. Sweet. Um, but but you can see that like he knows what he's doing more than other guys do, and I guess it, this this film specifically is kind of uh, spiritually aligned with uh, a lot of video art and uh, the cinema of transgression that was popular in New York City right. in the late, early to late early to late eighties, even into the early nineties, to the point where. Uh, Richard Kern, one of the main figures in that, is in this movie. He's right. the uh, he's the, the handsome gangster who who does all the rough tit squeezing at the at the beginning, oh, and okay. then and then gets uh, is he uh, the one that, that gets fisted. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It gets anally fisted <laughs> to death. We we can say it. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best deaths I've ever seen on film. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, and it's so funny because we we came off just talking about oh my god, we did two weeks of Shinya Tsukamoto, yeah. and, and both of his movies involve uh, uh, something going up an ass. Well, yeah, deep. there was there there was the tentacled vision of yeah. of of his wife or his girlfriend uh, anally penetrating him with like her weird tubes, metal tube dick, that snakes, yeah. uh, and then there was also the bit about him anally penetrating his wife with a gun. Yep. Uh, and honestly, I did get Sukamoto vibes a little bit from, from this in just that kind of yeah, like, that kind of like fractured, uh, schizophrenic style to it. Although this had kind of, has kind of like a, a, a no budget goth element yeah. to it that I, that is definitely unique to solely it. I think that I've seen so yeah, far, absolutely. um, but this is like, like the way that this movie moves is what I think I was most kind of shocked by because, um, like we go from, for example, that scene that we talked about earlier about the alien abduction sequence, um, which has like just crazy lighting and crazy sound. And it's a bit of storytelling by Charles Pinion. Um, yeah. And then it moves to a, a, a seemingly dreamy possession sequence where Marilyn picks up a violin in her bedroom and starts playing it. Mm. And, then, and then that becomes the score to what is like an ancient rape flashback where yeah. the original spirits are all assaulted and killed uh, in this, like, uh, you know, this th these really sort of, like, scuzzy shots of, like, it, what seems to be, like, a beautiful forest lake area, but you wouldn't know it based on the way that Pinion yeah. films it. Um, and it, it moves so smoothly between those three things that I was completely flabbergasted by it. Uh, yeah. And uh, a, a quick touch that I have to comment on before we move on uh, – I lost my mind when it's later um, uh, explicitly noted that that violin is diegetic. I was just going to say this. That's hilarious. Yeah, because when she gets possessed, I thought it was like a dream. Like, yeah. And in her dream, she like picked up this violin or whatever. And then later she does it again. And you think it's going into a dream sequence. But then Richard Kern is like pounding on the door being like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> I lost my mind, dude. Because I had that, you yeah. know, I had the initial thought of like, you know, this is the score. This is the score. And then when a character reacts to it, it was, oh, I lost it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, that that is such a good joke. And it's yeah. so ingrained into the style of the movie yeah. that like I couldn't help but be, be impressed by that. Like it, it takes skill to just conceptualize 
that development uh, yeah. in general. So Absolutely. I, I, I got to say, like on, on a moment to moment basis, as though as even though this is as bizarre and seemingly plotless uh, as as boarding house could sometimes be, mm-hmm. th- there is a real sense of control and rhythm yeah. and filmmaking storytelling yeah. um, that very strong yeah it's like you can you can definitely tell he he knows what he's doing he knows where he needs to take this and yeah there are uh, you know offshoots in it that is because there's just stuff that interests him but it all does tie back into the main plot mm-hmm. yeah and, well, and, and, and to shoot a movie like that and to achieve a sequence like that when you're shooting on video in uh i, I believe mm-hmm. uh ignati from the av club said that uh, it appears to be just somebody's grandma's cabin yeah. <laughs> is where they shot it. Yeah. I thought that that was extremely accurate. Um, <laughs> and, and, and to it, and, and that's just it is that y- you have an inherent uphill battle to shooting something like that and to achieve sequences and set pieces like he does, uh, in, in this, uh, just was really, really Im- impressive to see and to also get, you know, bizarre moments of comedy that are also intentional that you just have to love. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna let Jamie. T- I'm gonna let Jamie do we this do one. We're this gonna do the sauna one, right? <laughs> this is. It's just so good. It's just so good. Now, before we do, I wanted to actually ask Steve. Do you think like are these moments where this guy is is having the the moment with it seems like she's like a a, a nymph or, or or something like that in the sauna? Is it supposed to be hilarious? Like. Cause yes. It, okay. Okay. Because because what <laughs> I think he does well, guy, I guess he does. Uh, another uh, another uh, New York artist, uh, Bob Log, uh-huh. uh, and yeah. It's, so yeah, I mean the, the the tone of that film is the tone of that sequence is absolute. Okay. Okay. Because because I was while I was watching it, I because a lot of the film does have those those horror elements, but while I was watching it, I just I'm like, there's no way that this isn't intentionally hilarious. This is so objectively funny that no one could sit down, review it and be like, you know, this is part of my, my horror experience. You know what I mean? So I was just wondering if, if, uh, if he did have th- that intention. Well, yeah, no, it, it is because I think part of the spirit's revenge is a sense of humiliation. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what I got out of that scene was that she was, she was trying to, uh, s- seduce him, uh, by just immediately dropping on her knees and blowing him. Right. Uh, and, <laughs> And and he has the most inscrutable response to getting yes. head that I've ever heard anyone ever utter. You disturb my subtle energy fields. <laughs> yep. And 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 she has she she has infected the purity of his psychic space. <laughs> yeah. And he it's, says it with I'm such so- like like he's so passionate about the line. Like this actor, he you goes can tell it. that he's <laughs> like he's definitely you know he's not a a, a, tr- a trained actor, but this guy is going for it, and that's what really sells the whole thing because the lines are obviously just insane and and you know absurd. And well, yeah, very because funny. because he because he goes into the sauna to meditate, right? Like that's his thing. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the whole like. <gasps> Um, and he does it for lo- like a very long period of time, and even that uh, results in some and, comedy. And, and, and he's one of Marilyn's friends. Yeah, 
Yeah, one of the friends that shows up like 45 halfway, minutes halfway into, the, the movie. into the movie. Yeah. yeah, who show up at the cabin to have like a good time at the cabin because she inherits this cabin from her yeah. aunt <laughs> who was brutally murdered in the opening scene by um, these uh, like like weird uh, gangster types or whoever who are trying to yeah. uh, harness uh, this, this power of Red Spirit Lake. Um, and his, also just his determination on the role, like this guy gets butt naked. Like oh, yeah. it's he's he's full frontal. He goes out in snow, which I can only imagine was like it's negative freezing, twenty yeah. Celsius weather, and he does Tai Chi. Yeah. And then it's pretty obvious that I think maybe it was a cue, yeah. but it seems almost as like the director was like, Go out there for as long as you can and then and then run back because it even shows him like doing the Tai Chi. And then it seems like he's genuinely discomforted and runs back into the sauna. <laughs> and I just thought that was a, a funny little thing. Yeah, there there is just as uh, for for all the tit grabbing there is in this, which which a lot of the time you know uh, is a little is intentionally designed to be off putting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just as much revenge for it. Uh, yeah. In, oh in, yeah. In the form of uh, penis mutilation and dismemberment. Yep. Uh, which is the immediate comeuppance of a horrifying uh, rape that that Marilyn experiences from the sort of like head seemingly the head gangster mm-hmm. uh, type. Um, and uh, the sequence where he is like brought downstairs and they just make him chop off his dick right yeah. uh, right then and there in the basement uh, is pretty wild. Oh, it's very wild. Yeah. And they made, like they have him holding a prosthetic penis and like there's and blood and everywhere. There's blood going everywhere. Well, and, and she also bites off his tongue. Like she starts seducing him and like right. making out with him. And then she pulls, rips his tongue like out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, and again, to see this stuff in the shot on video format is, uh, it, it's really, it's really effective. We said a lot about boarding house, but it's even doubly so here. Yeah. With especially who because really Charles, doing with the like he, he focuses on lighting as a thing too. So when you have certain, like the, the moment where the guy gets, uh, fisted to death, uh, that's the, the lighting crazy. is genuinely insane. Like there's fog going around and then we have a close-up of his face. The blood comes out of his mouth. It's just, it's, it, it's insanity. He really thinks about the, the kills and things like that. Once again, he has a vision. It's just more so than what boarding house had, you know? It's, it's interesting in that, uh, I, yeah, I don't think I ever really put together until right now or until you mentioned it, Josh, the whole idea that, that they, these guys, the, the men who are trying to take this over can't take it over because specifically the power of Red Spirit Lake comes from the fact that the women who are there were sexually violated in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So that their, their revenge has to take the form of what was given to them. Right. Yeah, well, because it, 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 it's seemingly stated or at least seemingly implied anyway that the, the source of the power is this kind of cruel and cruel violation um, and that, yeah, that they, that, that in, in seeking that it's, it's kind of ironic that they are seeking, uh, uh, it got notoriety. They noticed its power. They're like, wow, how do we gain this power? Oh, Meanwhile, yeah. they like the power literally stems from the abuses that they've done. So, yeah. so, and, and, and that's what leads yeah. to what is probably the best scene in the movie, which is Richard Kern getting anally fisted to death. Yeah. And it's because he's straight up there. Uh, find someone, and the first thing he does is uh, uh, do some bondage uh, rape. On, yeah, which I uh, will someone. say, the, the girl, even while she's being tied up, she still doesn't seem to know 
what's happening. Yeah. Which I, I found like, on, like, you know, like what's happening is obviously disgusting. Yeah. But the fact that he writes her as not knowing what's going on until the very moment that it's happening almost leads to some very off-putting comedy. I don't know about you, but like it's the character was it, 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 well, cause it's definitely like, she's, she's like, I'm having at I'm at the cabin. I'm going to have a sexy old time. Who's this guy or whatever. Right. And she has no idea about like this cosmic conspiracy of, <laughs> right. of, of yeah. rape power. That's so it's a very around. dark joke, but I, I did find a little bit of humor in it until the initial, you know, horror happens. But, but it's, it's amazing to see that sequence where she gets her throat slit and she immediately comes back as one of the spirits. Yeah. And yeah. and her accent just does such a uh, uh, justice for her character and the comedy involved in it too. Like just having that deep southern accent that she has. I thought that that was like she's got, she sounds like she's from Tennessee, so she's always just like you were the best fuck I ever had and shit like that. So it's it's pretty funny in that regard. <laughs> but yeah, the sequence I find the way that plays that fascinating and that it's it it is it's sort of like the the infamous scene from Straw Dogs, but played for a, a weird sort of comedy, like you guys mentioned. In that she's yeah. like she wanted, but maybe not exactly like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like she's and, she's curious, right? But she has she doesn't know yeah. the context. She doesn't know exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, she'd be, she'd be down to fuck this dude, but maybe not the way he wants it. You know, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So like he found a consenting partner, and he still and had he to rape still her. Still chose. Yeah. <laughs> Like this guy's a total piece of shit. Yeah. So his, yeah. his violent comeuppance is absolutely wild because she comes back as a spirit and in this really like uh, the wildly lit and edited sequence. Yeah. Um, anally fists him to death, and the one detail that really hurt was all the farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's even a shot where I'm pretty sure she puts his hand pretty far up that butt. Yeah. But like, like I, I, I don't know if they did the thing, but like the shot itself for two seconds has a hand going in the crack. Yeah. So I was like, that's commitment right there. Holy hell. Well, yeah, and at one point she pulls it out and puts it back in and you can oh, see yeah. stuff on it. <laughs> Fucking, oh, I forgot about that. Oh my God. <laughs> drop a factoid that I learned uh, a little bit ago uh, when blood video uh, did a, a fanzine that was just an entire, just a whole interview with Charles Pinion, okay. which is where I learned that after his third feature, we await uh, he moved out to LA having no money and no prospects or anything and drifted into porn oh. and <laughs> shot, shot a bunch of porn films for extreme associates uh, eventually ended up directing a couple and one of them has my favorite porn title of all time now, uh, Cornhole Armageddon. <laughs> no, no, that's not real. <laughs> it's a real film. You can oh, look. fucking hell. Oh, well, my God. You, 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 can, you can put the artist in porn, but you can't take the artist out of him. That's right. The man had a vision. Yeah, this guy's insane. Yes. I can't believe he th- that no one was like, like where's where's Jason Jason Blum for this guy? <laughs> yeah, like give him a million give dollars and just see what project. he does. <laughs> I want to see Opinion Project 2019, baby. No, ab- and that's the thing. I thought about this film when I started getting getting interested in SOV after seeing Boarding House and Black Devil Doll from Hell and Video Violence and a couple others. Uh, so I was going through. Um, 
I've got a, a, a video guide whose name is eluding me right now. It's, uh, but it was like this big, you know, thing, this comprehensive thing where it was just every video that this guy had reviewed in his publication, whose name is also eluding me. And I will remember it as soon as we're done with this. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, how it goes. But, yeah. Yeah. And he, he happened to mention Pinion's films in the, in the course of it. And I was like, how come I've never heard of these films? Has anybody written anything about these other than this dude? And uh, I want to say it's the Phantom of the Movies, but it's not the Phantom of the Movies. It's uh, the other one. Uh, Michael Weldon. Uh, Psychotronic Video Guide. That's it. Yes. It was the, Psychotro- the Psychotronic Home Video Guide. And yeah, I was going through the whole thing, just looking for things that might possibly be shot on video. And the Pinion films uh, popped out at me like, I got to look at these. And I Googled them and Pinion's website popped up. He's like, oh, yeah, I sell these. I'm like, I'm buying these. That's awesome. That is awesome. One That's of the crazy. best. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it's called Cornhole Armageddon. What the fuck? <laughs> That's so funny, man. Oh, I love this guy. Charles Pinion's hilarious. Yeah, we're definitely going to be checking out some more of his stuff. So Yeah, we so, should maybe so, so, do the skateboard one. With so so thanks thanks for, for, for bringing this bringing this with you steve and and for being uh patient zero of its apparent uh, yeah. uh reclaiming and critical circles i'm of literally sort. showing guess, this to all I, my I, friends i guess first claiming uh, it's not really a re- no one no one shit on it i guess not a lot of people saw it yeah which is this, this should be i can't believe this doesn't have like a bigger cult following like we have we've seen other movies that are far less you know w- well made than this and uh and they have cult followings like we were talking about neil breen you know, oh, that, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, this is so much fucking better, like uh, like thousand times better. There, and it seems like no one's heard of it. Well, yeah, and, and you don't have to sacrifice the bizarro comedy of it because right. Pinion's in on it. It's like, this is so <laughs> meme worthy. How have I not seen this like just plastered on Twitter? I mean, I, I mean, I, I would I would guess it's the transgressive nature of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, the subtle energy shields yeah, and stuff I'd like s- that, that could that could go viral in a goddamn day. Easy. <laughs> I'm this, da- I, I, this needs I, I, a cult I'm following. I, I want it to it. happen. I'm feeling on this show, we're going to get a lot of of power out of subtle energy fields. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, well, I think the the thing with the thing with Pinion was, I mean, even at the time, his stuff was just kind of it was well liked by people who saw it. I mean, I know you know it was uh, uh, well reviewed in like Draculina and things like that. Um, but it's just no one was paying attention to those sorts of films at the time, right? Um, and it never it, it didn't really get a legitimate release until 1997, uh, when something weird uh, did a whole video series uh, called Frank Henenlotter's Sexy Shockers from the Underground. Uh, but even then, it was in, a, in, in an edited version because I think something weird had come into trouble for selling certain uh, rough porns at the time. Mm. Um, so that the the VHS version of that film was cut, and the you know no one saw the uncut version until Payne started selling it himself. So, all right. Well, I think we might angle towards reductive rating round and final statements on this one. Uh, if there's any scenes or anything that you haven't had a chance to mention yet, Steve, this is a, a good time to do it. But for me, God, it's, it's got to get the four. Uh, my yeah. first time watching it, honestly, I think I had it. I had it at a three. But as, as soon as I watched Boarding House and I was like, oh, no, this is like someone doing shot on video, but with control. I, I had just a, a bizarre aversion to the shot on video format my yeah. first watch through. And I watched it a second time um, after seeing Boarding House. And I was like, oh, my God, 
there is just so yeah, much so different yeah so so much to really love and, and and appreciate about what he's what he's doing here and it has a really you know it, it it has that you know shocking transgressive nature to it but it also has like a genuine sense of 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 style in in its lighting it has a uh, surreal sense of um uh, <laughs> plotting i guess um <laughs> But also, I, I, I've already spoken about it, but I can't speak highly enough of, of again, the, the kind of way that this moves. Because, I, and especially in comparison to Boarding House, if we're talking about both films here, like that film has segues that I'm like, what? Whereas this, I felt <laughs> it's a smooth 69 minutes where yeah. it goes from piece to piece. And even though there's things that you'll briefly be kind of like maybe a little com- uh, perplexed by, yeah. it seems intentional. It seems mysterious. It seems right. interested in the idea of kind of like unknowable powers and uh, uh, demons and angels and all kinds of things uh, that uh, and and that maybe we even uh, I, I like the uh, Charles Pinion's inclusion of himself as the caretaker who uh, we didn't mention it, uh, but I, I did kind of find something very interesting about the ending where the caretaker is the one who actually ends up killing Marilyn. Yeah. Um, Angels and, are coming. <laughs> yeah. In like this it, where, where he's, he's seen uh, once again, he's seen uh, these, these spirits and he's seen something. He knows there's something supernatural out there. Yeah. And again, he has interpreted it in a way to only increase the source of its power. Yeah. Um, yeah. which, which I find just uh, a, a genuinely compelling and interesting idea that he does, uh, explore. Uh, and I can't get enough of his like, uh, dreamy lo-fi gothed out style, and the, the the atmosphere that he is successful at for for over an hour in here, and we got to mention that this is sixty minutes long, yeah, uh, and it features some absolute batshit insanity. Um, one one bit with the uh, that one death we didn't talk about yet was just that one with the uh, where someone takes a gunshot to the head, and I was curious how he would be able to film that because of the budget budgetary constraints. Yeah, and he does a quick shot of like it going through the dude's head and spraying and f- just falling flat on the floor. And yeah. I don't know what it was about the way that he shot it, but I just found it even more effective than a movie that has like actual squibs. Yeah, and has and has the money to pull that off. Effect that the character that's below the guy yeah. gets the blood put onto his face. Oh yeah, which is just on, like yeah. this added little thing. I think that's might be also what helps it drive. Yeah, a little bit. Little. I, I don't know. There, there's something. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something about even just you know the the, the implied nature of some of the ways that he films some of this yeah. stuff that makes it even crazier because you can just imagine same with the anal fisting it's not as explicit it's more explicit than but your brain puts it together but your brain gets <laughs> gets makes it seem even more explicit than yeah. it actually even is absolutely um, and yeah just once again to feature a coven of sexually abused spirits alien abductions punis mutilations a little tiny bit of satanism there's yeah. little pentagrams around and stuff a like little that. Bit. <laughs> uh, and then anal fisting to death and a dude burnt to a crisp in a sauna. And yeah. after uh, saying some of the most memorable lines I've ever heard yeah. and I'll say them forever. You've now you've disturbed his, uh, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> my subtle energy fields and his psychic space. <laughs> oh, it's so good, man. So yeah, I gotta say I've 100%. I have never seen anything like this. Um, yeah. and I was glad <laughs> to have the opportunity, uh, to do so. Yeah. So thanks Steve. Uh, yeah, I would like to start with Reiterate. thanking Steve. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because this movie is 
incredible. At, and at, at this moment, 100 people have logged it on Letterboxd, and yeah, Jamie and 100. I are the last two. Yeah, and three <laughs> of us are here. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this, it, what I liked about this more so than comparison to Boarding House was it felt like Charles had a, uh, a complete vision from from start to finish whether whether there's some plot points missing and things are a little bit uh they're not explained as well as they maybe could be i think that adds to it as well you were saying it's like adds to the mystery of it a little bit and the unknowing of these powers and things well like and, that. and almost it doesn't even matter like the plotting yeah, so yeah. that he hinges on this is so basic that he really get he really only implies it in scenes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> in, in, in in bizarro sequences that are near lynchian and how surreal they end up getting at a yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, and the the cross between just just outright disgusting, like rape horror, but somehow he mixes it with this outlandish, ridiculous comedy, and then mashes it together, and still doesn't. I mean, it'll offend some people. Just does, you know, it does it in a way where I can see at least what he's trying <laughs> to do. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, well, he, he, it's not. He, he, sorry not aimless you know right. it's not exactly. it's not something like not something like like ryan nicholson or something you know just or you know which is like oh i can show you this gross thing and it'll be gross and it's like no no exactly. you're 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 a kid you're a kid playing in your own poop yeah but yeah. Just, there's like there, there's a philosophy to it you know yeah, well, yeah and, it feels and, like he had a reason whether or not maybe we agree with that reason or, or well, his and, thinking and, and, it feels and, and, like and there's we'll something there. that the the grossest one honestly is probably the one where uh charles pinion himself is it's, spying on his own girlfriend right and it ends up that it's his <laughs> own girlfriend so i mean in the context of the film it doesn't make it any better but in the context of these are two actors working together, <laughs> that makes me more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel them that, demons. That, that scene is unbelievably funny and and well, and, and also so weird in its it, own way. It, it does actually push forward the actual central mythos of this movie. Yeah, the demons are his sexual desires. Exactly. Right. It's so, actually the only time that that's yeah. actually confronted head on as an idea, which is he feels the demons and they want him to jack off. Also, uh, I love the joke where the girl's like why don't you just buy pornography <laughs> like that's what she yells at him when he runs away <laughs> that's so funny charles pinion is a funny motherfucker i will say that that, that he he knows comedy <laughs> uh but but yeah i mean i i can't wait to rewatch this i'm going to show this to every single person that that comes my way and uh and yeah i'm going to give it a four uh, I just want to say that, uh, again, I've seen this film like, like I think five or six times at this point. And the funny thing is I just noticed last night that the, the, why don't you just go pi- buy pornography thing actually has a plot point in it oh. in that because she runs to the window to yell at him. That's the first time she sees the witches. Oh, wow. oh yeah. If she doesn't, the witch is there. <laughs> that's hilarious i didn't even notice that yeah. I, was, I was too enthralled by the overall ridiculousness of the scene that i was just like i can't believe i'm watching this well, yeah, it's the and, funniest well, and, thing and, and, and that's what's crazy is i feel like i if i when i rewatch this i feel like i will find more details yeah, to get out of it that i missed that were intended some things were so ridiculous or just crazy to me that i was just i was just enjoying it on a very entertaining level Whereas I, I don't yeah. think I dug as deep as I possibly could with some of the stuff he's doing. So, all right, but for you, Steve, the moment of truth. Can we guess? Oh, this this <laughs> this one's an easy for me. Yeah. Five? Did you say? I, oh, a total five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Now this uh, 
this is a film I have recommended to more people than I think any other film I've seen in the last decade, I would say. Uh, the, there, there is a level in which this film was made for me and only me. And <laughs> I, I vibe with it on a, like a level I can't explain. Basically. It's like, yeah. it, it's, it's like, it, it's, it, it's infected itself into my soul. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing it with us. I feel yeah. like, I feel like we know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got to know Carlson watching these films. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no problem. I'm I'm happy to be able to bring it to you. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, is there any any scene last thing you wanted to to mention? No, the the only thing I did want to mention was the ending, but you you kind of tackled that. So Oh, I did yeah, want to no, mention. I, uh, I thought the uh the bald guy uh was actually a a, a kind of decent actor. He had some some moments that were genuinely good. He's definitely you can tell he's not a trained actor or anything like that, but he actually uh put forth a a performance yeah, that the, I thought was the, the, intriguing, the, the, the at little, least. The little henchman guy. Yeah, the yeah. Guy, and he had a... Who was the a, witness a, a to most cool, of his friends dying. Yeah, he had a pretty awesome death, too, which is when he like starts dancing with the spirits, and then they just strip yeah. him naked in the snow, and then he just freezes to death. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, damn, that's I, crazy. I, I, there, there's, a, there's a certain... It's almost like a weird poetry in his death. Yeah. Just... just the way that the you know he's dancing with the nymphs to the to the, the classical music and then all of a sudden just cuts to him just like <clears throat> shriveled yeah. up yeah it looks like uh, jack nicholson in the Shri- in the shining or whatever but instead it's a totally naked man <laughs> yeah hell yeah what a film well i think that will wrap it up for this week's episode thanks again steve for for bringing on these two films that was boarding house 1982 directed by john wintergate and Red Spirit Lake, uh, 1993, uh, directed by Charles Pinion. And uh, from what we understand, these are pretty underseen films just in general. So we're hoping a lot of people will go and check it out. But if you're going to check out one, make it Red Spirit Lake, I think, is the general agreement on this one. I agree. If it's going to be one, definitely Red Spirit Lake. (laughs) But both are worth the watch. This is the part of the show where if you've got anything to plug, you can do it here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, El Cosgrove. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd under the same name, El Cosgrove, and I, uh, I have a sporadically updated, uh, blog where I am attempting to go through everything I own and actually watch and review it oh, at, uh, okay. Well, how many movies yeah. do you Vicious. own? Let's see how possible that is. Um, well, uh, uh, having updated my list tonight with the things I got for my birthday, uh, I believe Happy I am birthday. edging up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I believe I'm at 2,900, I want to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. Good luck, man. Here, here I am. <laughs> it's going to take, take like 10 years, but I believe in you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It'll take me much longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and the collection's just going to keep growing. Like, here I am sitting here. I don't even remember how many I, I have at this point. I've, I'm a new Blu-ray collector, so I've, I've got about 500, 560 or something yeah. like that is my total. I've been going pretty ham these last, like, three or four years in collecting, but to think that that's like yeah. one sixth of what you have, <laughs> of what right you now. have yeah. oh man uh, and it was it was it's all again it, you know, just like you it's only been in the last few years because i've gotten paranoid about physical media going away so i'm just like i need to buy everything i might ever want to see <laughs> yeah yeah we might be heading that 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 point in the near future here for sure all right. Well, that will wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, for uh, Patreon listeners, you have your own very special episode coming in one week's time where we are going to be talking to live and die in L.A. 
1985, directed by William Friedkin, and Manhunter, 1986, uh, directed by Michael Mann, two films in their own way um, uh, about the slippery uh, link between cops and criminals, but also very, very heavily stylized crime procedurals from the mid Both starring William Peterson. And both starring William Peterson. Who are awesome. Yep, who, uh, who gives awesome. completely diametrically opposed performances for the reasons that the filmmakers had very diametrically opposed uh, uh, thematic concerns when it came to yeah. what that connection meant and what it means, uh, which is the same thing, meant and means. Uh, just throwing out words here now. <laughs> but either way, the the show. both, yeah, we've been going for a while here. Uh, <laughs> uh, both films, though, uh, we got to say, Jamie and I really loved. So if you yeah. want that episode, oh, yeah. again, patreon.com slash Lizoid's podcast. That's in one week's time. Uh, but in two weeks time, we are going to be back with a special guest and we are going to be talking for the first time trauma films. I've never seen a trauma film, either. Uh, but we are going to be talking about uh, the toxic Avenger, which from what I understand is kind of like the, the biggest trauma film, um, which is why we're, 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 we're doing the gateway trauma film yeah. first here. 1984. Toxic. Probably good for us too, since we've never seen one. <laughs> Yes, probably probably a good choice on that front, but we're going to be pairing it with 1993 Cannibal, the music the musical. Yeah, directed by Trey Parker, and I also believe co-written probably by Matt Stone. Actually, I don't know if they were. Uh, I, I think collaborating. They were, it. they were. I think they were collaborating it at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt Stone's Stone. in the movie, so he definitely was. <laughs> Matt Stone does appear in Cannibal, so I don't know. I don't remember if he if he wrote any of Cannibal, but they were at least uh, 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 working together at the time. Okay, cool. So either way, that's what we're going to be talking about for free listeners in two weeks' times. Trauma films that was uh, Toxic Avenger, nineteen eighty four, and Cannibal, the musical, nineteen ninety three. I see that Steve gives Cannibal the musical three and a half stars. So there you go. All right, we're in. We're in for a show. You know. A fun fact, Cannibal the Musical also contains a cameo from Stan Brakhage. No. The experimental yep. filmmaker? Yes. Oh, oh my god, cool. okay. Fair <laughs> enough. That's cool. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for letting us know that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's it. That'll wrap it up for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening, guys. And keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy.